Vincent gets him out now, and here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60, they roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios, running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60, the locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house, Fortress Golden 60. It's Nature Strip out clear in the King stand by two lengths from Acclam Express. Twilight calls him behind these at Palatro. Salute a world-class sprinter, Nature Strip. A ripper in the stand. Around the turn of the 150, Bella Nipatina takes the lead, kicks clear, two lengths, Rob Meyer, and best of Bordeaux streaking away. Bella Nipatina and boy, doesn't she deserve this? Bella Nipatina, four lengths. Young Berta around the turn, Zaki joined by Animo, who looks destiny in the face. At the 150, Animo takes the lead from Zaki, alligator blood, I'm thunderstruck, but it's Animo clear, I'm thunderstruck late. G'day and welcome to another Racing Previews podcast. Well, another big uh, guest this week. Last week it was Jack of All Trades, uh, Dixon. This week we switched tone to the dulcet tones of Dean Watling. Dino, thanks for coming on. Yeah, good afternoon, fellas. It's great to be here. And um, I don't think there's much to fill after Dicko last week and Keats' failure. So the less we mention that horse's name, I think the better uh, the podcast will be. <laughs> the boys won't be too happy about that. Will Alford, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, a bit tired. I sat up all last oh, night. Soccer. Yeah, soccer. Spell. Yeah. The soccer ruse. Yeah. Um, done an unhealthy amount of form yesterday, so... Um, no, I'm good at the moment. Yeah, good. Energy drinking, you'll be right, mate. Nico, Packenham Cup this week. God's country. It's where you do originate from. Um, and you're not even going. Uh, well, it is God's country because I live here. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I will not be in attendance. Well, no need to be going to, to the hometown cup. That's for all the once a year. That's like guys. me not going to the Cox Plate. It's completely different. <laughs> completely different. I actually had it. I've had a, a swarm of messages this week. Uh, from, <laughs> oh, listen to it. That's a head wobble. The from prince. the punters, from the from the oh, local Packham. punters out there, seeing if we're if I'm going to be in attendance for a drink on Saturday. The best, the best one that I actually copped was, why do you go to the races 50 minutes to an hour from your house, but you're not going to go to the ones 10 minutes away from yours? It's a fair point. It's a good point, John. <laughs> it could possibly be the most stupidest thing I've ever read. <laughs> right. not a fair why would quick, you want to go? There's a couple of good bets, but that's about it. I'm, quick one. I'm all raced out. Best thing and worst thing about Pakenham? The best thing? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> me here for a while thinking. Can I answer it? Can I can I answer it like at the end of the? Can I have some time right. to think about it? All right. All right, that's that's never a good sign. Oh. <laughs> Must be a great place. Pressure <laughs> without notice. I gave you a notice before the pod. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I, best thing I live here. Worst thing, <laughs> it's a little far away from the city. Yeah. The negative fire outweighs the positive. I give you the tip there, partners. <laughs> All right, Packenham, let's rip in. Rail true. Um, track is apparently a soft at the moment, but surely it'll be getting to a good track. 29 degrees and sunshine. Um, I think we're going to crack straight into race one. I've got a bet here, and I'm backing the favourite in the first. It's a 2,000-meter benchmark, 78. Number seven, Braden Starr. Trialed outstanding in his lead-up to his debut, and then obviously... 1500 meters first up and he was really really good um if you watch the replay he actually got a fair way back ollie was spotting the leader i think nearly seven lengths at the thousand meter mark and he picked up and it was a really really soft win this horse boasts a seven and a half length win overseas over 2000 meters um so i think he can only improve second up i know the camp would have had him forward busted in and young but i still think he's the one to beat i wouldn't mind a little bit better price is anyone else betting yeah, I'm with. Um, I still think he might regress here second up, like most imports do, but I still think he should be winning. Well, if he's going to be going to some sort of level, he should be winning here because they are not much good, I don't think, in behind. Um, yeah, ripped home, last start off a, slow, off a slow, slowish speed, 5.9 above, last 600. That's always a good good sign for a horse going up in trip. Um Beautiful. I really like it in the sense that it's probably it's late last eight hundred last start um, at Cranbourne, which probably didn't suit. You want to make your sort of your run on the bend there, which I don't think suited that horse, and sustained a long run, which I like a lot. The query which you mentioned is regressing second up, which is always a query in my mind. But I like the steps up to the two thousand. You think that really suits? I think it's a racing too. Matron Bullwinkles had the tick over jump out in between, but if we're being serious, I think Braden Stiles got panels on the rest of these. Price is probably the issue, but um, around that two dollar mark, I'm happy enough to chime in. D Oliver's in form, Bus and the Young are flying at the minute, so in that sense, it reads well. It's going to be a much better track for him as well. Like he's going to the the Packenham straight is quite long. It is about 400, 450 meters, so completely yeah. different to what he had last start at Cranbourne. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he um he 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 matched his rating. He ran at Salisbury um last start pretty much. So he he matched that rating. Um, Bus and Young get the horses. Up and going, so I don't know. I think he, he, he will regress, I'm pretty sure. And um, I couldn't take what is he giving money? I couldn't take that price personally. It's a bit short. I've just realized I've skipped the question about uh, introducing yourself, Dano, but we'll do the questions at the end. We'll get through the form, then we'll get through the questions at the end. I reckon that'll be I like it. best suited. All right, let's go to race four. It's a benchmark 78, and it's over the flying thousand meters. Wilbur, I think this is one of your better bets of the card. I'll, I'll let you reel it off. Race four, you said? Yep. Um, yeah, so one of my better bets on the day is Najim Suhail. It's a horse that can get keen. Um, uh, so, so going at a fast run, 1,000 metres from the Packenham shoot is a perfect for him. There's a lot of speed to his inside, so Shin can um, get the, the three wide with cover um, just behind the speed and stalk. Um, I think he can come down the middle of the track and 
and I think he'll he'll win this. He, he needs a good track. He's a horse that um he's a South African horse actually. And he had like nine hundred days off, so his first two runs you just completely disregard, and then in the rating he ran at Sale was enormous. Um, and and that figure would would just win this. Um, uh, yeah, and, and Shin is outperforming um market expectation at the moment. So. Um, yeah, and, and the market throws up Squid Game as the danger. He's first up a thousand meters on a fast track with a bad map and a, a negative jockey chains. And, and I marked him fourteen dollars. I was really keen to, to be with um, Najim Sahail. I marked it um, two ninety, and you can get four fifty, four sixty at the moment. So I think it's a, a really, really nice bet at the price. Well, the aggressive price price of this one is uh, Dino. Do you have any thoughts on this race? Yeah, the only thing that grabbed me up about your horse there will is it was massive leaders on pace bias last start when it ran second behind snapper so don't know how much to take into consideration but i think it's a low race i think you know it's good games it's jump outs are pretty ordinary too so i don't think there's much danger the only thing with the price is munitions is also nom then goes around at uh mini valley tomorrow night so guessing it goes to mini valley so you might lose a bit there but outside of that i thought it was a bit of a tricky race and didn't really want to chime in Yeah, I'm a shouldering arms as well. Let's go straight to race five. It's a benchmark 70, and we stay at 1,000 metres. Nico, are you with your girl drawn out? Absolutely. Best of the day, punters. Oh. Tell us why. Yep. Um, and tell us her name first. You always forget to actually Deuce. mention the horse's name. <laughs> Yo, that's actually, that's actually your stuff up. You should have just said, are you sticking with your girl, Juice? Not I don't want to steal your Leave it. <laughs> well, that's a first. Uh, she was very impressive last start. She was ridden like the best horse. If they ever let some futures markets out, I'm, at, I'm backing her for an Oakley plate because I think that's going to be sort of her type of race. I think she's got the profile to build up. Um, obviously, she's still got a long way to go before she gets to that sort of race, but she can go forward. She can sit just behind a hot speed. Um, track conditions are no worry for her and that 1,000 metre to... 1100 meters is right in her sweet spot, I think. Um, Mar Eustace and Brownie are a good combination, and they're a combination that I like following going at 20% their last hundred. Um, yeah, good times last start, second fastest four to the two, third fastest two to the post of the meeting. I was quite happy to be with her. I'm not worried about the gate, I think that just means a price. Um, as we touched on before, big, wide, spacious track at Packenham. Yeah, I, I thought she was the best of the day on a sort of trickyish day at Pakenham. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tricky little race. I think there's a couple of really nice types in it, and I like Juice, but I think Red Card holds the key to this race. Obviously, roll forward. It's a very very quick horse, and has that form around Celis. I lent the way of Rubra Rebler here, back Gelder, Blake Shin rides. The only thing that graded me up was this Freeman stable going horrible at the minute but I think it's a wide open affair in the sense like that but you're getting a price to find out from the wide gate you've nailed that Baldino's probably forgive last start probably should have finished close so Fission's going really well so it's not a race I'm chiming in hugely but I think Deuce is the one to follow out of it I think think Deuce is a better horse than Baldino and at level weight I'm happy to more than happy to be yeah got a lot more upside agree it's just what Nathan Brown can do from that gate I think Um, you'll know in the first 100 metres if you're going to win or not I think they, they come out of the chute, so the barrier means nothing at all. It's pretty much the same as Caulfield. It's just yeah. one sort of turn, and yeah, it's pretty much irrelevant, I think, out of the chute. Fair right. Let's get to the quaddy. 
Race six is over 1,200 metres. It's a benchmark 100. It's a decent little race. The top weight is Corner Pocket, who is resuming. And you're out to Felicia Scissorstep, current six by 63. I'm Gala, who's been trialling the house down. I didn't have a lean here, but I know you boys do. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, this is probably the biggest overlay of the day for me. I've got um, Scissorstep. Um, he needs good ground. This horse is a horse that needs good ground. He won on class first up on a heavy track. And then uh, a couple of weeks, was it two weeks, three weeks ago at um, Cranbourne, I think, um, he was snicked uh, in an 1,000 metre race on an on-pace suited race and day. Um, and he was really good late from an unwinnable position. He'll be more forward um, here from the shoot over 1,200 metres. And I think he's run the rating, I think, that will win this um, four times of the last seven when he's been on a, a, a track soft five or drier. Um, and, and that rating he runs there will win this race up pretty confident. Um, the 1,000 to 1,200 is the only query I had, and, and but I'll, I'll trust the camp. I've marked it 320, and you can get 750. So I'm... I'm Really likes as a step as a bet, and, and another horse I'll be saving on is Felicia. Mass, massive stable change. Um, I don't even. No offense to the trainer, but I don't even know who he is. Um, changing to um, Peter and Paul Snowden. Um, really nice trial between runs, and has ratings um, quite a while ago. But the um, the trial between runs and the stable change sort of suggests she's somewhere back. To near near her best, I thought, and and Shin goes on, so that's a good push. So I marked her 5:40, and I sort of gapped um, corner pocket with from an inside gate first up um, with Thomas Stockdale on. So uh, that, that's how I sort of sort the race, and yeah, I'm pretty keen there. Well, I don't think your inside gate's going to matter too much because corner pocket's going to roll forward. He's going to either lead or he's going to be yep. one back. So bit that's of pressure. that's com- com- bit of pressure. He's con- he's taken pressure every start, Wilba. He's so honest. <laughs> I think I'm completely against you here. Felicia's a nonny for mine, and I I don't rate Scissor Step. Corner Pocket's the only horse with some progressive uh, talent in this race. I think he's pretty much bomb proof everywhere everywhere you look. First up at the distance, good ground. Stockdale is absolutely flying at the moment. He's going as one of the better apprentices at 59.3% profit on turnover. Last 100, going good. Gets the claim. I thought this was a very, very easy bet, and I don't think Corner Pocket will miss a place. Yeah, I'm with you, Nick. I can't believe the price, to be honest. I think the market will switch on to it now, but you referenced the um, pressure that the horse can withstand. Last start in the Chautauqua State, sat on a really hot tempo of Oxy Road out in front, which was fired up. They went about six and a half lengths faster than the average there, and Oxy Road dropped out to last, and this horse kicked on for third. So I like that. Trials, or the jump outs have been super. I don't think there's much pressure at all. If they leave this horse alone out in front, I think it bowl along and gives a good map advantage against a couple of these. So I thought Corner Pocket will start closer to $4. Um, obviously, five this morning, so there's always been good support. I think the one, the knockout chance, depending on how the track plays, the only query that's grayed me up is... The blink has come off Amagawa, who jumped out the best I've ever seen his horse jump out. Its first up figures are really good, uh, which did last preparation, but that blinkers were on at that sand down run. So well, it's got me a bit grayed up, but barrier five um, can probably sit handy. But corner pocket has proper form. Like it's got form around your horses. Um, it's right up the end. So I like corner pocket here. I think it's one of the better bets of the day there at Packingham. Yes, beautiful. Huge. I, yeah, I almost came with Ongawa. I looked at that jump out and I thought, that's unreal. And then I looked back it's at good, its form. It? Its form is still a little bit, you can poke holes in it. But yeah. I don't know. 
It's, it you looked at the trial and you looked. If you just you didn't know the horse's name and you saw the trial, you'd probably want to back it. But it's got his fair share of convictions, old Ongawa. Exactly. Like many of them here, dare I say. <laughs> That's true. I think if Blinkers were on, I would have been a lot keener. That's where his best figure first up has come at that sand down run first up with Blinkers off, and they've taken him off here. So that's that's Moni knock. Yep. Alrighty, let's get to the day's feature there at Packenham. It is the Packenham Cup. I think it's a listed race. This could dead set get away with being a benchmark 84. Number six, Kissinger. <laughs> that's <and> generous. generous. <laughs> $4.80 favourite. The last start winner, Milford, is on the quick backup. He's $5.00. Wycliffe, six fifty. Noble Heights, $7.00. Future score, $9.00. Fifth position, $9.00. Vegas Knight, $10.00. And you're up to sound. Also on the backup, $14.00. Um, I'll quickly go first. I am backing number three, Future Score. I thought he was really unlucky first up at Flemington. And then last start, he ran a super race in the Ballarat Cup. He sat second there on a brutal tempo. And you have to bonus him plenty because... Freddie Kersley stuck to the fence and it was massively the inferior ground. He was super to, to hold on for fourth. That was a heavy eight. I think he's much better on a dry track. Um, and I like the fact that he's been given three weeks between runs after such a taxing sort of run. He draws one and I think at their best, he probably you probably could say he is the class horse of the race. So 55 and a half kilos, but it's just 55 flat. I'll be backing him each way. Um, we know he is a bit of a one pacer and he is a little bit of a number, but... I think, you know, better than $3 for the place. I think that looks decent given the run he's going to get. Um, yeah, I liked, um, well, I didn't really like, but two horses that I had um, shorter than the marker in this race were, uh, well, one's Wycliffe. Um, he can be further forward from the, the inside gate with Willow on. Um, his form on good ground up to this trip is is, is strong for this. And, and he's pretty much um, over the odds for me purely because Milford and, and Kissinger I, I was against just off off the map and, and the setup especially for Milford copping a PR last start and uh, um eighteen hundred meters up to twenty five hundred meters. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so I was against those two, um more so against Milford. Um and the other horse I sort of sort of half not really, but I had sound eleven dollars on the backup. Um he, his form is, is good for this. He ran midfield in the Caulfield Cup like I, I don't think he's a horrible bet. I, not not super keen to bet into this, into this race, but um, for the sake of a tip, and if they both get out, I could I could back Wycliffe and Sound if I if I really wanted to. Fair row, Dano. Who are you backing in the Packham Cup? Yeah, it's it's not a race I'll be too keen to bet into. Oh, I had Kissinger on top. I think Milford's got to be a massive drifter, um, like Will just mentioned. 1,800 metres out to 2,500 on a quick backup. Never seen 2,500. I think half the battle of this race is following the horse. He's going to run the trip out. Kissinger can do that. Um, D. Oliver on. I know it's a bit of a nonny, but I had Kissinger on top. But it's not a race. If you had a gun to my head, I'd probably, yeah, Kissinger. But it's, um, like I said, it's 25 metre, 100 races. So, yeah, no, not for me. Slow horses. Nico? Well, I wasn't going to actually do any form for this race, but I thought that would probably be pretty disgraceful seeing so this is my hometown cup. So I would not I have, blame you. So I've done some form, and I've actually backed this horse at about 20 to 1. It's actually firmed in a fraction. Not because of my bet. I have not had much on it, but... Good idea. I'm going to back good idea. This horse yeah, has got his bet. This, this horse, I know he hasn't won in a long time, but if you go back through the form guide, this horse... Just needs good ground. He's only seen that four times in his last nine starts. 
he got he's shown something like better form last start, getting back onto a good good track. You go back to this race last year, this horse was beaten two lengths by Smoke and Romans. Now, if you sieve through the form guide, that's probably nearly the best form of this race. I know it was a year ago, but at fifteen or nineteen dollars I had a piece of, but at fifteen dollars and four dollars at least you know this horse is A, going to get good ground, A, going to get the trip. And to be on so, pace. And he's going to be up on pace making his own luck. And Stokes will want to win a Packenham Cup. So for the sake of a tip, I thought he was over the odds. He's probably got a few less convictions and a few less doubts than a few of them in the market ahead of him. Um, yeah. I'm happy to be with good idea and not only... Well, I barrack for my bet, but I'll barrack for one of the boys. Spanish. Quick trivia. OTI horses have won two of the last seven Pakenham Cups, which is why, not why, but one of the reasons um, I'm on future score. Can you name who they were and what years they were in? Um, no. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. Oh, did Hackey, did Hackey win one? No. Uh-huh. 2020 Attorney, 2015 uh-huh. Tall Ship. I think that was for Weary. Way uh-huh. back. Way back in the day. Leary, right. what a man. Can't wait till we're back at him. At Race ball. 8 is Next the Vobus Gold Bullion over 1,400 metres. Um, the two at the top of the market here are Jimmy the Bear and looks like Elvis. Dan, I'm going to hand you the keys to this one because I think you've got a good bet for us. Yeah, it's a really good little race here. I think the top two on the market, Jimmy and looks like Elvis are the two. Jimmy obviously comes out of that Golden Eagle form one, which has really stuck that well with you in the Congos, your Valanas, um, hoping your heart runs second in the gold. So that's probably the best form one. But looks like Elvis, he's a hard horse to catch, but they've figured him out now. He's just a dead set first up horse. He's run on my data ratings to win 95.9, 98.1, and 97.8, all first up. If he runs those figures, he wins this race. Quite easily, his trials are the best indication, which he has done well up in Sydney, Warwick Farm. Williams is on, who's riding really well. He, I can't think of the horse's name, but last week at Caulfield, um, his ride won the race. Uh, see you in heaven, possibly? Yeah, yeah. Right? see you in heaven. In yeah, so he's riding outstanding. And then you look at the form lines around, looks like Elvis. Started at $7 chance when pulling up with issues against horses such as Tuvalu in the Winter Championship. Has form around Lighthouse and Special Roar back in the autumn. So... This is his profile. He's a horse who can sit up on pace or just slot in behind him. Um, doesn't have to do any work off the top, and I think he'll start shorter. So he's my best bet at Pakenham Race 8, number 2. Looks like Elvis. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely coming with. If you go back and watch this horse's first up uh, performance last preparation. Looks he like Winks. Bombs, he bombs a start by three lengths. He comes <laughs> from last, and he wins from last with Linda Meach on. Not a, not a jockey you'd usually find on a back marker. Um, rated... 10.7 above the all average and obviously if he didn't bomb the start he would have gone even she better than smacked that. Her, she smacked her head in the gates as well. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow, so Willow just has to hold on here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first up, the prep prior. Um, he he won this race. He got the PR with Brett Preble but he bolted in by two and a half and I love that final 200 metres. He really pulled away from him um, and then, yeah, the, the recent trial at Warwick Farm was real sexy so... I'm all aboard. Looks like Elvis. Jimmy the Bear has been up. I don't know if he's actually had a spell in a long time. Jimmy's um, been up longer than you and I. <laughs> he's, he's been racing through the winter. He's gone up to Sydney and then he's come back. So I don't know. I don't know how much longer he can keep going. He's a tough horse, but I'm with looks like Elvis. Nico. Yep. Coming with, boys. Choo-choo on the train. Don't 
Don't have to say anything else. You've covered it all. Well, wait, so that's going in the podcast, Malty. <laughs> Will Alfred? Well, I didn't like this race. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that is just typical. We're all uh, watching tomorrow. All right, let's move on to the last then. It is the Sportsbet Future Stars benchmark 78 over the mile. Does anyone want to lead us away? Yeah, I've got a... This is um, a proper bet. Um, Typhoon Harmony didn't handle the going last start and was profiling really, really well and was smacked in betting there. Um, figures on a good track are, are really good for this um, and a massive jockey change, Ethan Brown to, to Craig Williams and... and um, I can't remember who was riding it before that. I think it was Talia Hope or someone. Any, anyway, um, Craig William goes on and, and he'll be on speed or she'll be on speed. Um, bad map for those up in the market. Um, Aaron Bay, Baltoro, um, all those sorts will be um, a Chicago Bear as well. I think he needs to improve off his international figures as well. And he's being priced up um, better than what he is because he was unlucky last start. Um, and yeah, th- this horse will just put herself on speed. Um, and yeah, she won um, the that the race she raced in last year, the, the year before. She won that race by five lengths, and she ran a massive rating there. So um, I've marked her five dollar favorite. That's probably a little bit aggressive, but she's six sixteen dollars. I, I think she's a really good bet. Um, and yeah, I was against lots of the, lots of the horses in the market, so I, I thought she was a good bet. Yeah, right. You make a good point there, Will, in the regards to the jockey change, which. Had me confused, which I don't really mind. I didn't mind Chicago bearing this. I thought it's trial or jump out's pride and stay really, really good. But Craig Williams rode in that race at Flemington and then jumps off to jump on Typhoon Harmony. So I don't know what the go is there if Bustin Young are booked Shin or the Basil um, Craig Williams. So that's a really good push. What were the what was the issue last start? Do you know? Was it, it was just didn't handle the no, just didn't handle the going. It was a heavy turn. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. I don't really have much of an opinion. I had Chicago Bear on top. I think there's a market watch on Ivy League for the Mara Houston's team. Yeah, yeah big, big watch. Big, big that's, watch on that. That's the horse that I was leaning on back in, I reckon. I yeah. get I get European figures, but not. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I get American figures anyway. So it, if I do get them, but I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at that and I'll, I'll post She's it. She's got a very yeah. similar profile to Lighthouse. Yeah, same colours, I think, same stage. Same owners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, same as yeah. The the trials, the jump outs were pretty good. Did she run um, American Oaks? Yeah, she, she ran did. in two. She ran the yeah. Santa Anita Oaks and the Delmar Oaks. Yeah, well there you go. Good horse. But it's a nice little race then the day I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I just made that horse market because I've got absolutely no idea what to do with it. Yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting what what the market does do with it. But um, see, that was that was the same thing with Lighthouse. Like on her debut at, at Kyneton, yeah, I still remember that she was she was like about eight into four sixty or something on a heavy ten, and they were like, "Yeah, she's killed what's, him. what's going on here?" And she won by as far as you kick your hat. So you've only got one chance to back these horses. I'm just hoping that I get it right because I've already backed her. I think you'll know late. They're such a good yeah, stable. They will. know when they're going to yeah. win. So. Um... If, yeah. it, if it's 250, yeah. it's winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which grade me up last week. Last week's a pure, good example on this. Oh, no, I don't know if you know, but I was, I was super keen on Bruckner off the trials. And he was pretty well back yeah, in that he was firm. race. Yeah, yeah and was I was weird. thinking, oh, we're on here. And I was on a big odds. And then he's just pulled up terribly. So, um, and Jigsaw well, was... injured, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's been retired to start. That's two and two yeah. weeks. I back. I backed out White Russian, <laughs> the Mara Eustace, that pulled up issues at the Valley, retired. And then last week, Bruckner, it's the same staple. 
the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, wow. White Russian, things... two starts and it's gone. Yeah, $800,000, it's one way to do you die. I am with Bussett and Young to bookend the card, which is a little bit scary. I am with number five, Chicago Bear. This horse actually opened $8 on tab, which was huge. I would have loved a piece of that. I don't think it would have lasted long. Um, He does boast some decent form overseas, and if you go back and watch the the replay at Flemington, he was really unlucky. He probably should have won. Um, This is a slight drop back in class. He gets Blake Shin. Um, He just needs to bounce him out of the gates. He gets into barrier one now with a, a few scratchings. Um, Aaron Bay, Jaws 16 of 16. I know a lot of people are saying that's fine, but I don't know. This horse is still racing a bit erratic, a bit green. And flat last start. Didn't go at all. Yeah, I don't think it's a great draw for him, put it that way. And yeah, I, I do think number two Ivy League is definitely a market watch. I could be backing Chicago Bear and saving on it. And the other one I do want to quick give a, give a quick mention to is number 10 Sharp Response. Um, I don't think he's been loving these wet tracks, this preparation, yeah. but... We saw at the end of last prep, he actually beat um, Jungle Magnate in the morning to Guineas, which is mm. now Beautyverse, who's... Well, he didn't performed. actually beat him. We did. He got upheld. He got upheld on protest, mm. but I, I thought... That, that was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I thought he was a deserving winner. I don't know. It's, it's a hard one. Oh. Seriously? What, you reckon Jungle Magnate would have won? Do not bring up protest. The one that still stings me is the space walk versus Brianna Stumptus. Oh, mate. It's the one that still grazed me up. And yeah. I don't, yeah, that was I don't know how that was overturned. That was the most ridiculous one I've ever seen. I, yeah. 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 yeah I was on um the Godolphin horse there. Yeah. That yeah. Was I was on the start before. At, I think it was 26s into 5s and it got spooked by a ghost at the 20 meter mark. <laughs> and beat yeah. out and got beaten yeah. and then I loaded up again and it, yeah. Sickening. Did you see that? Did you see the horse that broke down in Hong Kong the other day? No, I heard about this though. Oh, I was on it. Oh no! Oh my! You want to? You want to? Do you want to speak about ghosting no. shadows yeah. at the twenty meter mark? <laughs> Just another way. Add that to the list of ways to get beat on the park. Yeah. Is, um, yeah, it's a growing list. Yeah, it is uh, crazy. Anyway, let's go up to Sydney, Dano. This is your wheelhouse, so you might be able to tell us a bit more about how the track might play. But the rails out four meters, good for twenty-four degrees and sunshine. Um, yeah, any know. thoughts about the track? Yeah, it's been playing interesting. Rose Hill, we've seen it with Canterbury as well, which can get touted, especially these dry tracks, to be just purely on pace, um, rails and run sort of setups. So 1,100 metre and 1,200 metre, if punters don't know, they're shoot races, so there's no real bend. It's like a dog leg, so it's really hard to make ground. You sort of want to sit definitely in the first half of the field, and if you're in the first four, it's a massive advantage. But we've seen the last couple of weeks, they must be watering the inside, so we'll be checking on racing... New South Wales to see if any integration goes on because then the first sort of five races um, it can play sort of middle and run on and then as soon as the sun hits it and dries out which we saw last week it was tough to make ground we saw Zethus, um, Dajran and a couple of others and the last um, the name escapes me it's the first light horse the name um, set up on speed so as a rule of thumb, Rose, who he sort of wanted me in the first half of the field but it's not a little bad little meeting we've got a couple of nice progressive horses but um, yeah keen to rip into it Beautiful. Well, we will rip straight into race three. It is over the, the 1,200-meter shoot. It's a benchmark 72. And a horse that could be a lot better than this grade is number two, Garza Blanca. I'll let you go first, Erna. Yeah, good little race, this. There's a little bit to unpack first. Uh, horse number nine, Sunshine in Paris. Annabelle Nation, a really smart filly who debuted at Canberra, which is a bit strange, but the figures that ran there are right up to winning this race. It's nom for here, it's nom for Durban, it's nom for Kensington. So... 
Annabelle's really helped us punters out there. Um, <laughs> I think if it goes anywhere but this race, it wins. So really nice horse. Uh, Tashi is the same. Um, progressive horse. Only one trial leading into that first up run, which is strange for the Snowden camp. They normally have two trials and one of the best camps the back first up. So Tashi can improve, but does Blanker's different level to these. Penny drop last start. Um, I think it was best last 400 and then second best last 200 in the time meeting there. Collet's on, which is always a good sign for Myron Houston when they come to Sydney. And he's a horse who fits the profile that I just suggested. Sits in that first four, is probably going to get the gun run, the 1-1. One, one. And he's just got to improve or hold his form off that last start run. And I think he blows these away. And I think probably even getting back on a firmer deck. I know it was sort of, it was a good deck last start, but I think that was the key to him. So I'm super keen. I think Garza Blanker at the odds is probably the better of the day um, here, fellas, at Rose Hill. Yeah, absolutely. He, he broke the track record there. It was obviously a fast day, but he was one of four, I think, who, who broke it. Um, he clearly loved the dry ground. And while Greece was all the rage there, I don't think you can say even if she did kind of get out that she was ever going to beat him. No. He exploded off the fast tempo. Leader went uh, five above the class average to the 600, and this horse still managed to pull off um, the third fastest four to the two uh, section of the entire meeting. So he looks a very progressive horse, and I love when Myron uses take him up to Sydney for a soft kill. Who else is betting? I could probably come with you, but mm, I, know, I was just a little worried he may regress. But If this was Grace, you'd be backing it. Well, that's what I, that's what I was... <laughs> I was thinking that in my head. I was like, if Grease was here, I'd probably back it. But I don't know. Massive, this worth lengths. This horse probably improves because it get, gets Mick Day off it. So. <laughs> he has been sneaky really good this spring. Like I've been in the same boat with him. He's grading up plenty of times on pinstripe. But I love that horse. And he's... Yeah. More to that, yeah. But he's I, been sneaky really good and keeps oh, popping up in the Corfield Cup, a couple other races. But... No, Dino, don't you start with the family. I had Dicko, <laughs> in, my cor- I, I had Dicko in my corner last week just telling me everything that I shadowed, that he's hateful. Don't, don't say that he's a good bloke. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't yeah, say good. that. I yeah, think he's a yeah, good yeah. jock, but um, yeah. he's sneaky good this spring. Oh, good. It's, real, it's, real good. it's a real shame that he's not riding in Melbourne this week. He's in New Zealand. I'm, I'm shattered. <laughs> um, race four the tab handicap 1350 metres what do you kind of think of this um, I don't think you're betting um, Dano but what do you think of this Frumos the mare drawing barrier one is that a little bit tricky it is tricky but Waller and Duckworth were vocal this week that they want to teach her to settle a lot closer in races which I like but when you're hearing that and you ask to take $2.40 and you don't really know if they're going to roll forward Yes, it's a positive, but at the same time, Kira McAvoy's a board who's probably out of form, and at the same time, does she probably. handle that racing pattern? It's it's one thing to say we're going to roll forward. It's the exact mm. same yeah. idea with I'm Thunderstruck. Yeah, let's lead on the horse because it's got the best turn of foot, but is that going to take away from it? Um, and Kira McAvoy, barrier one, yeah, leave me out at those odds. Um, she's trying up like a rocket. She's a really good horse. She'll progress in stakes level, no, no doubt, but at those odds, um, first time going forward, um, yeah, just let her go to the keeper. She's a yep. great horse when she's not running up ass. <laughs> yeah. Huey's still Huey's still looking for a run. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's... I think the best thing about this race is, like I mentioned, the first couple of races have really been playing run-on. So, um, Kira McAvoy's not the most aggressive jockey, though. So, if it comes to a small gap, well, I'm not backing him to take the gap, which no. is query. Yeah, it is a bit of a great up, okay, Mac. Mm. Um, race six is a 2,000-meter benchmark, 78. I was actually at 
I was actually working, obviously, when the top weight, number one, zoom on one last start at the Valley, and I thought it was a really impressive performance. He led some over eight lengths above the all-average to the 600 metres, and he still managed to run the fastest last 600 metre uh, Last 600 metres of the race, he obviously won by six lengths there. Um, and he's another horse who just needs firm ground. He gets that here and he finds the front with Josh Parr. Um, he does carry the top weight again, 60 kilos, but it, it's quite a compressed weight scale. So I'm not not too deterred by that. I think he can go forward again and just rip their lungs out. Um, I will be having savers just on the two Waller horses. I think number two, Smirk, and number uh, four, Shibley. If they are here, um, you can definitely chop out on them just to get your money back. But... Zoom on, I like back in these Gay Waterhouse horses um, when they're up and running and fit, and I think you can go on with the job. Yeah, it's it's not a race I'll be diving into, but I think you've got half the battle there when you're finding Waterhouse and Bot who are in form with Josh Parr on board, who rode a couple of peaches last week um, and rolls to the top. Um, so I think you're halfway there, but 2,000 metre race is off season, benchmark 78. Um, that's not my cup of tea, fellas. Yeah, no, that's mm. very, very fair. Well, race seven is 1,200-meter benchmark 78, $5.50 the field, and you have found one here. Yeah, I don't mind Rainbow Connection here. I think the market's probably a touch of overs in the sense that I think he'll start closer to favorite than the horse number 11, which I can't pronounce, so I'm just going to say <laughs> number 11. Um, Amatheba, I think it is. But Rainbow That'll Connection, third up now. And, fellas, I love this profile. It's one of the best profiles that I love following. Is a horse that wins well first up. Regressive second up and then goes to a peak performance third up. Valana fits that profile. Classic legend fits the profile when he won the Everest. It's my favourite sprinting profile to follow. So he's really good last start in that weird photo finish where Broken Arrows probably won the race, but somehow Cuban Royale won the race at Kembla. Um, did get the PR there, but does get the PR again here. 1,200 metres, ready to win. Dry tracks to go. Um, Regan Bayless for Matthew Dunn's not probably the profile you want to be following, but... Um, off season, um, I could entertain Rainbow Connections from a good gate around that five fizzy. I think it starts closer to favourite. Devil's Throat's probably the biggest danger, but draws out. The maps just grade me up with Devil's Throat. So I think Rainbow Connection does no work, which is probably the biggest key here. Super. Just with that, um, you know, that kind of setup that you like, do you run any systems yourself on any of your ratings programs? No, I don't run a system off it. It's, it's just purely in the back of my mind. Used fellas would know. There's plenty of stables out there, Godolphin are big for it, that get their horses to peak first up and then they'll either have a luckless run or they're probably too found, well found in the market or something like that and then the market often overlooks them third up when they're ready to peak. It's just a profile that I know and it's a good thing in punting. Like You've got little idiosynchronies with your own betting and figuring out sort of ways and formulas that work in the back of your mind and I think that's half the battle um, with racing and understanding sort of patterns um, and I think it's a big one in the sense of top group races um, and sort of working your way down to listed and then these benchmark races obviously early on and that sort of stuff that probably doesn't chime in as much but it's one of my favourite profiles to follow especially in the sprinting ranks it, it really comes off mm. I reckon you, you win more backing horses off a flop than backing them off a win yeah, exactly. Well, Valana's the perfect example. We're smashing betting first up. Then it's opened $7 before the barrier draw. And because it ran barrier 24, it sort of ran on. The sectionals were outstanding, but it was nowhere near him and couldn't win. And then it's sort of gone up a big price in the in the Hunter. Um, but if you yeah. sort of strip it all back, and it's a pure example of Classique Legend in the Everest when he won it too. He was dynamite first up. Should have won second up when Libertini teared him up. And then he's gone... 
regressed there and then he's opened exploded. in the yeah in the Everest and exploded which that's the profile for most sprinters um, first up they explode um, second up they regress and third up um, they go to that new level uh, mm. <laughs> yeah he's he's not that he's yeah, I think I've read a stat out about Nature Strip that is much more profitable or incre- incredibly more profitable when he's two dollars fifty and above. I think he's won like yeah. fourteen races mm-hmm. there. When he's two dollars fifty and below, us punters just got absolutely no clue. He's got <laughs> just, yeah. that, that's that's it's crazy that stat. Like, it is. It's yeah. like he looks at the tote board before he goes out and <laughs> for a horse that's won that many races. Um, I'm not fucking trying today. <laughs> no. It um, it's incredible, and then it's it's funny because then he gets out to that two dollars fifty plus price, and it's normally off a failure, it's normally off some shit, and you go, nah, he's gone, he he buzzing him, he's not going to win this, no chance. And he comes out and wins, and you're like, oh, just that's what I was meant to be on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, all right. Race eight is a benchmark eighty-eight for fourteen hundred meters. Looks another tough affair, but you're on. Who are you on? Number six, Shakiro. This is the hardest race mm. of the day. I don't really like it at all. I think Shakiro. Only thing, the reason that I like this horse is um, Berry's on from a good gate, and the jump out down in Flemington. I know it's dual non, but it's going to Sydney. Was probably no, the best. I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this is the best I've seen this horse jump out. He's first up after that scare and that lightning strike in the Manicato night. Um, so he might need the run, but it's had that to go. With, jump out but it's it's a very very tricky race here i'm not going to be loading up at all i think i'll just have a small spec on shakiro fellas yeah i wanted to find shakiro in melbourne he needs a good track is what he yeah. needs he's a good horse and he was there was a it was a bad watch last start just forget that he had no luck down the street next yeah. time good track find him i've got to put the sword through someone here why the hell is brutality running here with 64 and a half kilos from barrier 14 i think the whole prep has been a cock up <laughs> like pride loves, to, loves to run these horses at big weights he did it in a couple of weeks ago in a midweeks and ran something in 63 kilos it just like as a punter you look at 64 kilos and you think you're watching like an irish like 2000 meter race <laughs> yeah. where they run it like highway at cassidy yeah and i'm just like I, I don't know how a horse wins with that barry's 17 like got to be wins this this horse up. this horse has been placed in races he can't win the whole preparation besides kind of last start when he was dragged back to last but maybe that was just the barrier but well how about we just how about we just not say anything they keep cocking it up they can sell him on english digital and you us us four and dicko will buy him and <laughs> send him to the mailbag <laughs> he's definitely got talent but yeah i just think he's been horribly placed he's always yeah. well back too he's one of those horses that punters just seem to steam in late or love it or sectionals. Like, yeah he's just a dead set flashing light and that's all he is if he wins yeah. like you just sit back and go, good on you, you'll be another... Guilty as charged, <laughs> you are this prep, Benny. I've backed him a couple of times, but... I'm, oh, uh, you're <laughs> He's a victim. Yeah. Well, a couple of times, to be fair, he was like 30, so I, you know, it's, yeah, I wasn't, know really, wasn't really losing too much. Anyway, race nine, it could be the highlight of the day in Sydney. It is a benchmark 88, it's over 1,100 metres, and there's another Marin Eustace horse who looks very, very smart. What can you tell us about it, Dino? Yeah, she's really progressive. Um, her rating first start was phenomenal. She's rated around that 100 mark on my stuff, which tells me she's a group class horse, no doubt. 
She's been hammered into a dollar sixty-five. The price is what's going to be the biggest talking po point here. She can regress off that, but the biggest thing I want to note, and it's such a good profile, is when horses have a big peak first up, they're then given a tick over trial, and then they come to the races, which the form guide says second up, but they're pretty much third up. And often you see with that tick over trial, it gets rid of any inkling of regressing second up. Proper Bill is a perfect example of that. That horse always rocketed first up. They'd always give it a trial, and then would come to the races second up which is really third up for the horse and then it would go again so drawn perfectly and like i mentioned at the top we want to sort of be in the first half of the field by these later races which this horse does that 1100 meters it's the shoot starts so you're gonna to have to be up on pace um the biggest thing here is like what price do we take it could start at dollar 40 but i'm thinking it's going to drift i'm thinking the big guys probably don't have it this short and everyone's picked the eyes out of the market pre 9am Saturday, so I think we might get a slight drift, and if we do out to sort of dollar eighty, two dollars, that's when we're chiming in. I think the biggest thing um, with her is she's really progressive. She's got a turn of foot. She can sit up on speed. It's everything you want in a good horse. The only horse that I think contested is the Nine Super Pursuit, who has form around rocking horse back in New Zealand. First up. Um, over 1,200 metres. Trials have been outstanding. If you haven't caught this horse's trials for Richard Collett and Jason Collett, which obviously teaming up together, that's the only knockout, but I and me should win this and should win this well. Yes, Dino. Best of the day, I think. Yep. Anywhere across the globe. She's a little star, I mean. I'm a massive fan. Stakes class horse. As you touched on before with your, with your ratings, she was 9.3 above. The all average last start, um, yeah, I think she'll just dead set pissing. I hope I, I sort of I hope she gets out like you sort of touched on out to like a dollar eighty two dollars for the punters, but I sort of low key hope she gets steamed. I hope she starts like a dollar thirty and wins by four. Like, it could dead set go either way. I, I'm not sure which way it will go because purely on ratings, like she rates probably like five or six, seven lengths better on data, and I've got her improving off that first up run, so. It's, it's fascinating what the market does here. She was one of only a few highlights on Champions Day on the rooftop at <laughs> Watch this space. I know, I know Kieran is very, very keen to, to take over Sydney, so he could be sending more and more horses over there, and I think the stable will be getting even bigger. So exciting times for them. Let's go to the last, race nine, and it's another bench. Oh, no, sorry, race ten. I always forget that you guys have 10 races in Sydney. Oh, I don't forget. It, you get to race nine, <laughs> it's late Wednesday or Thursday night, and you're like, I'm done, and then you flick over the page. And it's, oh, wow. Race There's still one more to come. Well, <laughs> sorry, it is a benchmark 72 over 1,500 metres, and who have you got on top here? Um, Estiato Mustala, I think is the way you pronounce it. Um, good way to end the day. A couple of the market first up. Um, Phenomenal the price they put up about this horse. Um, J-Mac got off it and just had a glowing report, which he doesn't tend to do, but he just said he was green as grass, has a lot of panels to give. Barry 16 is a query, but 1,500 metres suits a lot better here from wide gate rather than one of the shoot races. So um, no other way I could end the day than backing um, Jason Collett, Chris Waller uh, for Estiado and Mastella, fellas. Yes, yeah, you know. Where is that the way you are going again? Yeah, absolutely. If, you, if punters, if you haven't seen this replay from last start, go back. Yes. Like, this is the biggest 
not blessing because the horse was always going to win whether it had to go round them or it went through them, but it's just like, <laughs> it was like J-Mac dead set, blew the whistle, and they all fanned out of the way. Like, it was <laughs> something oh, that... You, I remember this race that now. You, you couldn't, I couldn't believe it when Which I watched it. Which happens more often than not with J-Mac. They just say, oh, yeah. They hand it to him. Yeah, yeah I remember you, watching this race now. You want the 1-1, one, one, you can have it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think I reckon they're scared horse. of him. They, as they should be. <laughs> he wasn't. Best just, jockey, he was officially announced as the world's best jockey yeah. today. So that is probably the that is probably the easiest bet you could have. Like I don't think anyone. Everyone's like not even praising because everyone just knows he already is. So there's no competition. Not like it was short either. Like it was kept firm at three twenty, and it was just it was over at the corner, and he was still eight lengths off him. Yeah, easy, oh. easy little double to finish. Beautiful. That's Sydney wrapped up. We'll go across to Perth. Um, Rails out six metres. Obviously, this is the, the third meeting of the Pinnacles. Um, soft five at the moment. I'm not sure if they've actually had any rain or that's just a soft track because they've obviously watered it. And obviously, there's it's hot over in the west. So I think it's going to be a nice day again and it should get upgraded at least to four. Um, my first bet came up in race three. I think I think Pikey can get a get an early double here. Um, race three, he's got truly inspired number five. This horse won really nicely last start, and he's actually rocketed into four dollar eighty second favourite for the Perth Cup. Look, that might be a little bit short because he's not highly rated horse at all. This is only a sixty six pass, but I think the second up. Sorry, I think the second fave is a little bit of a query past 1,800 metres. He's never run past that. You've also got Coulth in the race. Um, his price is one of the sort of dangers, and I don't think he's real much of a danger. Um, truly inspired, looks a very progressive stay out. Draws seven, but hopefully can be midfield, slotted away with some cover. Um, look, it's a big field, and he will be back in the field, but... I think you can just take the Evans and you can double it up straight into race four, number nine, category three. This horse is crying out for 1,400 metres. It hasn't seen it yet, but it keeps running on. Um, finally gets it here. Gets him with only 55 kilos. So it has escaped the handicapper for not winning this preparation so far. He's had, um, it's had two, sorry, I think it's a she. She's had two second placings. Um, but yeah, I think she'll be running all over the top of them here. And I think Pike can get a little double there, race three and race four. Dana, did you have any thoughts other than the group one earlier in the card at Perth? No, I think I'll just follow you in, mate. I think you've nailed a couple there, and it's probably due this recent white. Jesus, they've had a horrible carnival. <laughs> they are. Been... I've got one for us in the second. Bad programming here, Benny. Didn't didn't send it into you oh, before. Anyway, this is J Max. Only other ride for the day. This, I think, this thing will just win. Uh, Street parade in the second. Yep. This horse boasts an SP of four dollars in its second ever race start to She's a Belter, and. A $6 SP, two starts back to Laced Up Heels. We all know Laced Up Heels was the giant slayer to Amelia's Jewel. Uh, a couple of starts ago, um, this horse just needs good ground, which is what he'll get. He gets the biggest gear change he's ever going to receive, J-Mac <laughs> first time. Um, I don't know why this horse won't just win again. Aztec Rule is a pretty smart horse, but... This is just a little pipe opener for J-Mac and he's just going to show the boys in WA how the big boys do it, I think. Yeah, I could definitely come with. Um, one little thing to note is this street parade actually did beat my tip uh, last start, Category 3. That was over 1,100 metres. So 
if this street parade does come out and beat them, then you can bet your bottom dollar that category three won't be starting $2.60. Um, she'll be starting a lot shorter than that because that form one is likely to hold up. Right. So it could be an early little little multi there. Obviously, if Street Parade gets up, I hope it's just not a pipe over for J-Mac and he rides at a beach, which more than likely. But <laughs> This is the only yeah. other ride he's taken for the day. He's he's not he's not having a haircut. He's just going to go there for two rides <laughs> for two minutes. <laughs> I, think, no, I think it does look a good chance. Let's go to the Group 1, shall we? It is race eight. It is the Group 1 Northerly Stakes over 1,800 metres. Um, it was... Previously, the Kingston Town. I think it's a, is it the first year that called the Northerly or second year? First year, first I think. Year. First year, wow. Um, the top weight, number one, Cascadian, has rocketed into favouritism now. $2.80. Amelia's Jewel, $3.30. Bustler, the other three year old, is $10. Treasured Star, Levens. Tricks of the Trade, the Railway winner, $13. Alaskan God, $13. And then Steinem, another Victorian visitor, is $15. And you've got Ironclad, $34s, along the rest. Uh, Dana, do you want to run us through how you're seeing this race play out? Yeah, it's a really tricky race in the sense of the speed map, which is such a good starting point. Um, my head says Bustler purely on the fact that Cascading Melee's Jewel maps aren't probably the best, and Bustler's probably the one that has tactical speed and can roll forward. Um, that lightweight three-year-old profile is the profile for this race, and that's often why Melee's Jewel and Bustler are probably so short. Um, but I think Cascadian, if you really strip it back, I went through the stats today. He's probably top 10 in my horses in Australia at the minute. He's so underrated. He's run last start in the Champions Mile. was outstanding to the outside. It was a bit of an Osborne Bulls about it. Um, <laughs> sectionals were great. And J-Mac for James Cumming has dead set been a cheat code this spring carnival. I think I wrote a stat down today. Um, when they've teamed up in the last six months in Group 1 races, up to $5 in the market. He's 6 from 10 at 60% um, strike rate at 48.5% profit on turnover. So that is phenomenal in group ones, in big races, to be holding profit on turnover. Of that, you can say, yeah, he gets these good rides, but you know, there's a reason for that. Cascading's had that nice little tick over trial or jump out over in WA, which is outstanding. Just needs speed on. As long as they're making ground, he's got the superior turn of foot in his race, and I think he can um, round out a huge spring carnival for the Blue Army. Beautiful. Yep, I'm actually coming with uh, Nico and I, a bit of a self-trumpet. We've actually got $13 about Cascadian, so we are cheering him all the Jesus. way home. Yeah, great price. We got on it nice and nice and early when we heard the, the news first break out. Um, I think 1,800 metres is the perfect distance for him. Look, two I'm not... Two. Yeah, and we were actually there. He won on Everest Day over 1,800 metres. Yeah, I he did. Think. He won the, the, the Craven Plate. Yeah, and that was... The, that was an enormous win. Um, yep. Look, the, the speed was on there, and it might not be on here. I know a lot of people are a little bit sceptical about there might not be any speed, and his best performances are in fast run races. But look, these perf jockeys only get to ride in three Group Ones a year, and the Railway and the Winterbottom have both been very fast run. So I think he will get his chance. Um, I think he's easily the best horse in this race, and I'm very happy about the odds we've got, Nico. What are your thoughts? Yeah, a couple of things. I'm with both of you boys. I think there's something to say. Yes, I know that uh, Dino, you touched on it, has been a race primarily for the three-year-olds, but WA hasn't seen a horse like Cascadia. Mm. There's, there's something to say that he's probably in the top five milers to 2,000 metres in the country. Like he's a, proper, he's a proper, proper horse. So um, I'm with you boys in that. I think the speed map is being overplayed. Like... 
anyone that thinks this race is going to be slowly run is kidding themselves because there's there's one and a half million reasons why this is going to be run at a tempo to start with. And if they are going to go slow and you don't think J-Mac's going to show the (laughs) the initiative and get on his bike, well, I don't know, you probably can't be helped because J-Mac's going to, as I said, he's not going over there for a haircut. He's going there to win group ones because that's what he does and that's what he does best. Um, Yeah, if they slacken off mid-race, he'll be on his bike. Um, yeah, he'll zoom down the outside and uh, I, I think he'll win and he'll win convincingly. I don't even think Amelia's Julie's the main danger to Cascadian. I think she's just got recipe for disaster written all over her. Like, I've got a big opinion of her. Um, and I think she's a very good horse. I like her as a horse. Um, but there's, I, I just can't see how it's not going to be a car crash from the inside where she's going to be. Uh, Bustler at $2.80, the place is a better bet. Then Amelia's Jewel at three dollars thirty to win. Um, the only other horse that is probably flying under the radar, but I don't know how good it's going is Treasured Star. Being but you just, just got to go. You just got to go back to what what the tried and true is here. Like Cascadian's a proper proper horse. How far would these horses be beaten by in a mm. proper race over here? Like I know that's in their backyard, but. Yeah, uh, I think he'll win and he'll win well, and I think he could start a lot shorter than what he is. And yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm very keen. It was a slow tempo last start in the Champions Mile, and I think he ran the fastest last 200 meters of the entire day, Cascade. Yeah, so there's a, there's a difference between a fast race or a slow race with good horses and a slow race with shit horses or yeah. lesser horses. Like he's not got as much work to do against these horses as he, as he would normally do against better horses. Yeah, I think the only thing that beats him is the wind over there. We saw it last week. It changed yeah. halfway for the meeting. It went from sort of on pace to when Paul Ailey obviously rocketed down the outside. So I think there's matters out of his hands that he can't control. Is the only thing that beats him. And I think if you're betting on horses where he's going to get favours and everything you can control, I think that's a smart bet. And like you mentioned, he's... It's crazy to think that if Animo and Cascadia were in the same stable that had actual connections, he's probably a horse who's going to go to the Cox Plate. He's going to go to all those big ones, but it's just a completely different setup at Godolphin where they have the luxury of sending one to where, one to there, and they don't have owners kicking up a stink. So, um, J Mac was pretty adamant and it was well told that he, he didn't want Cascadia going to the Cox Plate. Exactly. I think what so. was a, a similar first up in the Wink States? I think they avoided it, went to the Memsies. Like, yeah. there's just, that's just telling you this. And his trials prior to this spring were the best I've ever seen him trial. And I think that's the best indication on a horse is how they come back. Um, he's had a phenomenal prep. The harder they go, the more he wins by, the softer they go. Just needs a better eye by J Mac. Just a, just a quick one. It is a fair point you made about the wind. Like, we obviously have lots of different tools as punters. Like, we've got, obviously, the track, um, the rail, jockeys, etc. But the wind is something that we don't really talk about enough. Um, but it has a massive effect on racing. Do you kind of have a profile of how the wind plays at different tracks or not really? Sydney, I do. And I always check at uh, Rose Hill. Randwick probably more so because it's, it's more eastbound. Like, it's closer to, obviously, the ocean. You can sort of get the breeze out at Rose Hill, not as much. But... It definitely affects it in the degree. It's it's so tricky um, in the sense that the different distances of races um, depict the wind. Like if you've got a shoot race where they don't face the breeze at all, rather than a sixteen hundred meter race where they maybe get on the backside. Um, but it's just one of those factors. Unless it's drastic and it's a big report, I don't really factor it in. 
obviously if it picks up on a race day, um, then you factor it in and, and figure out who's going to be suited. But it's just another um, factor that us punters have to deal with. And um, I wish it was an indoor sport on the same track every week. And I don't think we'd be sitting in a podcast here. We'd be in our penthouse somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. One day, do you know? One day. Yeah, when they roll the covers out or something, we get <laughs> put a roof over it. All right, I think that's it for Saturday, but we'll go to the, the Friday fill-up. Dano, what do you got for us over at the Kenzo? Yeah, I love these meeting boys. Uh, this is my favourite sort of horses to back, these lightly raced trial horses. We've got a couple here, Kenzo. It's dead set my favourite track and my um, my results back it up. That and Hawkesbury, which is really, really strange. So Hawkesbury's <laughs> that really that wide. <laughs> yeah, but Kensington, I love it. It's a, it's a pure. It reminds me a lot, uh, Victoria-wise, of the Pakenham synthetic f- track, where you sort of want to be off speed, and you sort of it's like a slingshot track where you sort of yeah. sit back, balance up, and rock it to the line. So we're going momentum. to race two. Um, momentum track. What's that? A momentum track. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, that's exactly. It has one rail position. I think that it can play leaders, but it's really momentum. Lane six is where you want to get. Any, if it's any wet, it's just get to the outside rail and run on. So I'm one of those punters who really gets um, tied up with back markers and horses setting off the speed. I just love the way they win. So you often see me back betting up at this track rather than a bleeder's paradise because that just, nah, that's not what I like. Uh, race two, number three, Morelli. It's a full two Amarellina, which is obviously group one winner um, for Jamie Richards and the Tiako team. Probably ran really well against market expectation uh, first up in a nice race there at the Kenzo track behind Macha Latte and a lot more love. A lot more love's come out and won in City Class and Ramwick on Everest Day. Um, she's been back to the trial. She'll obviously be a horse that gets over 2,000 metres, but um, she's trialled up outstandingly. J-Max Sticks, which is always the biggest inkling um, of a winning bet when you're in Sydney. So race two, number three, Morelli, I think that can get us off. Big note on this track. It's just completely changed. I don't know if it's renovations or what it is. It's it's um it's it's going really good. So um, race two, number three, Morelli is the first one, fellas. Beautiful. Next um, one. We'll go to race four, um, number ten. The horse we mentioned in that Gaza Blanca race, Sunshine, in Paris. It's non for three different places. If it goes to this race, it wins, and if it goes to Doom, it wins. So race four, number ten, sectionally really good. This filly. Track suit's perfect again. She's going to get back, angle to that middle part of the field um, and rock it to the line. So race four, number 10. Surely, and surely race... she's going there because Dooman's a heavy track and they haven't scratched. Yeah, exactly. That's my thoughts. I mean, I'm just hoping she doesn't go to Rose Hill when rather yeah, right. against Garzablanca. Yeah. That's just... Now you've really graved me up because I like Chinny Broom in the last at Dooman. You're on the five. Ooh. Yeah, I That's thought it was a little bit risky as well. <laughs> She's sneaky. It's this weird profile for that horse. Like, Annabelle sent it to Canberra. Like, I thought they got the name wrong. I read C-A-N in the form guide, and I thought it was Canterbury. And I'm like, oh, I haven't really heard of this horse. But it went to Canberra of all like. So, um, it's interesting. But Alicia Collett follows in the saddle. She obviously likes it. She's a really good jockey coming to town. Race five is the next one, fellas. Race five, number seven, Micro. It's rare that you see James McDonald on for James Cummings, and it's not favoured in a race. This horse has formed around Forgot You, some really top-line horses, his best form's been over further, but his two trials have been absolutely outstanding. The first one, he rocketed late through the line. Really good. And then it's probably not like a dolphin, but they trialled him over 1,030 metres second time. 
he was fine to the line. J-Max sits to the race day, and Barry Seven's absolutely perfect. The favourite in that race, Shadow Devil, has good form lines, but he's a get-back run on horse. I think he might give us a start in micro. So um, I really like micro here, race five, number seven. So it's a really good Kenzo meeting. Like I said, my favourite track to bet up on. So there's three little shorties that we can um, hopefully build a bank leading into Saturday. Lovely. Well, Alfred, I think you've got a bet on a shorty as well tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Flying Temptress. I, I said this was a moral um, cramping um, a couple of weeks ago, but this, a week ago, whatever, and it scratched. Um, I wouldn't say it's a moral here because there's some unraced horses. I don't know if, Dano, you, you've watched the trials from Mooney Valley or, or anything, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I was I was the rating that she put down um, on debut when she was firm in the betting. Should have um, won that, that race too. Yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. should have. She was firm that day when they were backing those um, Araki Summit and Wonderful Tonight. She was firm there, so that tells me that the market's got a good opinion of her. And um, um, yeah, like she was held up and she was really, really strong to the line. I marked her a dollar forty, so I'm, I'm having a, a good bet. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she starts that price. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was, I guess I was generous to the the Waller horse. I guess he can be more forward from an inside gate. Um, and then can the, it um, yeah, that's what I thought. Like I was, that's why that's why I'm saying I was generous. It was really slow out, but it it sort of. I guess if they if they really push, they could be. So I don't know. I could probably get it short, but I don't really want it to be honest. Um, I think I think there's a big watch uh, in this race. I think you nailed it. It's. The only concern I had was Blake McDougall aboard. He's just so out of form at the minute. That was my only concern. But I think the big watch, and it's probably taken me all my discipline not to back it, but I probably still will. Rackman's a really nice horse for the Haiti. The JD Hayes and Ben Hayes set up. Uh, Williams on, but they're going to go back. I think backing second up 14 to 600 metres. He's a really nice horse. Gelded trials have been outstanding with jump outs. But, um, Flight yeah, Temp should just thing. get away with the race, surely, out in front, if they're any yeah. inkling of a leader's bias early. Just sit um, OSL and just yeah. should be good enough. But the rating it put down, if it, if it repeats that, then and, and it probably might even go better because it should know, go better for natural sure, progression yeah. and, and it was held up. So and anyway, so I'm having a, a good bet there, race one, Mooney Valley. Race three, I'm against Pitcher Nun. Um, I just cannot get it anywhere near that price. Um I've got race uh, race card and hardly sweet are the two I'm backing. I've marked race card six dollars um, and hardly sweet five eighty. Um, I, I don't want to bore everyone with like the reasons why or whatever, but um, race card was good on Australian debut and and um, can improve up in distance and slaughtered second up and, and and good third up behind Secret Glamour. So yeah, I'm backing that one and hardly sweet. Um, who was one point nine lengths behind Barbrader in a Group Two, um, not uh, last preparation. And and has run a rating that would that would win this race that, that that's um better than Pichanon's best best rating. So yeah, I, I was keen to be with those two. And Harley Sweet's been snicked both both starts his preparation and can be more forward. Um and and race race four, Angel. Um, I was really great on this race. I don't know if you've seen the rating for this Dino. Right. The um the it's just the the weirdest thing I've ever seen. The, the rating it put down was absolutely massive. But the thing is, it was on a five-horse field on a heavy track. So, like, do you trust it? Like, I trust my ratings. Um, and oh, I, I I can't, like... Like, if if it repeats the rating it did last start, it's a twenty chance. It's that simple. But I, I think it'll regress off, off that. Plus, it gets a negative jockey change. But, um, 
I, I, I still think the price you're getting now is a good price. Like even if even if that that rating it did is half real. Yeah. Like, like, it's not a strong raise outside of that. No, either. it's not. No, and um, I'm disappointed. Kaituku scratched because I was heavily against it. Um, but yeah, I, I marked it two seventy, and I, I could get it a lot shorter, but I don't really want to. Um, and then race six. Um, uh, race six, I, I liked Versilia. I've marked at four eighty, and also Bubbly Lass. Yeah, Bubbly Lass. I like that a lot in this race. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, um, yeah, yeah. so I, I like those two. Um, and then Werribee Sunday out wide. Um, <laughs> Dave like Werribee. Like I've I've had a I've had a good bet early. I think this will go off. Um, and Factor, they put up five dollars for it. I've marked it two thirty. Like it's it's a proper proper bet. This is. A really good bet, I think. Um, the sectionals, it's run on debut, and I didn't. I don't think it really appreciated the synthetic second start, and then really, really, really strong through the line um, again. Uh, last start, and it was. A, it was. A, I guess the jockey didn't have much, much of an option, um, but it was. It was. It drew inside, then it had to go to the outside, and it was, it was sort of all over the place, and, and run some of the fastest late splits of the meeting, and and it comes out of the race that. Um, drinks of Vista, drinks at Vista Run, who was absolutely smashed in betting on Wednesday to win the last, which it unfortunately didn't win for me. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So I, I, those are the, those are the ones I like for the next Friday and, and Sunday. So there you go. Beautiful. Five dollars into four forty for you, Wilbur. Um, I've just got two oh, for the Valley tomorrow night. Race three, I am with the favourite. I'm against Wilbur. I'm with number twelve, Pitching on of Bacta at three dollars. Pitching none. <laughs> How did that work out for you last time, Ben? Well, it was a little bit sick. I thought she was going to absolutely breeze past Vegas Knight. But Vegas Knight does go to the Packenham Cup. He's $10 chance there. Or the Larrabee Cup. I think he's I think he's unders in the in the Packenham Cup, but it still is a decent kind of form reference. Um, this pitch nun was off a, a month break and, and ran really well there. I think the key to her is dry ground, which we'll get tomorrow night. She also goes John Allen to Black Shin. I think that's a positive JC. Uh, and yeah, she's she's two weeks between runs now. She's ab- should be absolutely peak fitness. Should be cherry ripe to tackle the 2040 again. And she's going to get a grouse map from barrier three. I think the only danger in the race is the top weight race card. Um, but he has dual accepted, so I wouldn't be. I would absolutely love if he doesn't go there because I think he is the danger. Um, and then in race six, I'm absolutely with you, Wilbur. I'm with number five, Bubbly Lass. Number six, Basilia. I've backed them both at seven dollars. Bubbly Lass was really good uh, leading at um, a really, really Flemington. fast tempo at, uh, in the English bracelet last start. Well, at roots Flemington. race, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was Roots and Climbing Star. Quinoa, that race, they're obviously two very good uh, affiliate and a mare. Um, and this is a massive drop back in class. Draws barrier four, gets in with 58.5 after the claim. I think she's well in for Matthew Cartwright. And then Vasilia, the six, um, another one who faced a brutal tempo off a month break, um, she did hit the front there, but I don't think she really loved the heavy 10 track. Lespezia absolutely breezed past her, but back to a good surface. Um, gets Blake Shin, so goes Ollie to Shin. I'm loving finding Blake Shin at the moment. Gets a good mm. track. J-Mac of Victoria. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think they're the two the two bets there, and I'm happy to bet up on both of them. Um, that's about it. Hong Kong, there's not a whole lot this week. Punners, our old mate Campione is going around in the last, gets back on the all weather, but he's got to carry a bit of weight, 61, and then you take off a bit of weight with the uh, apprentice. Nico, do you have any Friday Phillips before we get into the questions and wrap up? 
You can have Angus Chung. There's no way we're backing Kepler. After he got rolled on that dollar thirty shot last week, not a fucking chance of my backing him. Um, I think Castlereagh Kid will win the Werribee Cup on Sunday. Not a Cormoran. You want to venture out to Werribee? Uh, no, Dino. Have you been to Werribee, Dino? Not, not unless you're coming. <laughs> No, just thought I'd ask. I'd see if it's out of your little bubble. It's about an hour and a half. That's all right. I don't go that far on holidays. Might as well get on the plane to Sydney. <laughs> Where do you go for holidays? Packing them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 good. <laughs> uh... All right, that'll wrap up the punting. We'll get into the questions next and then we'll wrap it all up. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? All right, it's question time. Dino, I forgot to ask you off the top. Um, I was a little bit keen chomping at the bit, but a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you're a pretty handy rugby player, I believe, but uh, how did you get into into punting? A bit of both. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird story. Um, I don't have any punting in my family. My old man was a five-year-old each way. My grandparents are probably the biggest betters in the family, but similar to everyone you get to sort of that age of 18 i remember stealing the missus's um sports bet account she's a little bit older than me and um yeah that was good fun and then turned 18 and i just sort of got each of it through just mates footy it just goes two and two and then i was losing too much on the punt i sat myself down and said either take this seriously or um you'll give it away and i sort of took it seriously did the form and then i broke my hand really badly at work i'm an electrician and I was off work for about four months, and there's nothing else to do, so I just got into betting that way, and then sort of worked my way through and got some opportunities through some really good guys like Chris Camilleri, Tom Haylock, Mickey Gannon, Dave Stanley, Lukey Marlowe, a couple of different businesses, and um, fell in love with the game like you, all you boys, and just got sick for it, and um, yeah, just do it day in, day out, and I thought this is what I'd love to do for the rest of my life, so I've sort of built my way up from a business and just networking, so um, that's sort of how I got into it. It's no no cool story, but um, yeah, it's my story. Yeah, that's awesome. We obviously see, um, we hear you, sorry, on the on the airways in the morning on SEN track. Um, do you want to just explain what a kind of day looks like for you? Yeah, yeah, I can run it through. So um, it's it's a bit different now. So I quit, obviously, my full-time job as an electrician about four or five months ago. So obviously do racing full-time. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good lifestyle. I love it what I do. I sort of wake up early. Um, I normally tend to go for a walk. I've got a little dog now that I take out. And me and the missus go for a walk, come home, and I'll just sit down Depending on what I have that day, if I have a meeting, I'll sort of update scratchings around seven and then normal radio stuff, depending on what day. If it's a Thursday, we do the weekend preview with Gareth on SEN and Mickey Gannon and Jack Dickens, who you got on last week. So I'll have all, most of my prep done and probably just finish off the form, um, have all my notes. I, normally, it's all memorized. Um, I really like to write it down, though. That puts it straight into my head. Um, but yeah, I don't like to have it too analytical and too sort of written out. I like to just go off the cuff and just go as a flow and then finish the radio. I'll punch out any other form I've sort of got to do and then take breaks when I want, watch the races I need and um, yeah, just get my work done. But I love it. I can sit on my computer all day. I've probably got to get taken off the computer to go actually do normal normal things in life and actually talk to my missus and look after my dog. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we'll get to the actual listener questions now. Um, the Osher Group. On Twitter, they've asked you quite a few. Who are the Osher Group, firstly? Yeah, so Wade's a really good mate of mine. He runs a syndicate business, so they do a lot to do with uh, selling and buying horses to Hong Kong. And they've got a couple here They're in that Miss Rosiana, which you would know, Bullockov up in yeah. Sydney. And I've got a 
two-year-old extreme choice filly that we picked up for 100k so that's worth gold at the minute so hopefully she turns out to be um just as good as yes owners and that but um he's a really good lad puts on some really good events he's sort of like the party style um high-end horse racing tag so wade's a really good bloke <laughs> Awesome. Well, he's a big fan of you. He says, could you ask Dean when he feels the, the time will come that he needs to get rid of the man bun? That's yeah, never. Never. I've, um, it's, it's just the favourite thing for people to do. We get on the, I'll get on the beers, I get on the piss and everyone brings the clippers out and then I'm just going home. Like, <laughs> I think I've left two, two mad Mondays. Um, yeah. Two mad just, Mondays I've left after footy just purely of the fact that they've pinned me down with clippers and I've got out of it somehow. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just I've just had it for so long now. I just I just can't be bothered to deal with it if it goes or anything like that. So it stays, stays well, until I've got a reason to cut it off. Just don't pass out. Who inspired yeah, you to get the the moustache? Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, I just another thing that I've just had, and I um yeah, I just keep it. I can't be bothered to what works. I don't have time these days to worry about what I look like or anything like that. So what works stays, and then it gives you more time to do form. It's a about radio. Uh, are you superstitious? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. He goes, uh, he's got two more. Are you superstitious? And can you provide uh, some insight into your day-to-day grooming needs? Yeah, I am super superstitious. It's uh, to the point where it's annoying. Um, I got some weird ones. I always have to take the towel off the second... Um, the second towel off the pile. Um, left <laughs> shoes, right shoes always have to go in order. Um. Yeah, I got some really, really weird ones, like to the point where they were proper weird. Um, but they've stopped now. But I got a couple that I stick to, and that just makes me feel sane. But yeah, I'm super superstitious, which is somewhat annoying these days. Yeah, unreal. All right, let's get into some of the other questions. Tyson Hunter, our good man, says, "What's the stupidest thing Dicko has ever said to you?" Oh, what is? Um, he's he's. For Dicko, it's funny. Dicko comes off as like a laughable larrikin who's probably not that smart. He is very, very smart. Um, it kills me to say that. Uh, what is the dumbest thing he said to me? Um, I can't... I'm trying to think. He's got too many dumb things. I think the dumbest thing he's probably said is for us to steam into something or bet till your nose bleeds or something like that. He loves to come up with stupid... Stupid. The sphincter, he said. <laughs> the biggest, actually, probably the stupidest thing he said to me, I'll, I'll pull him up here. We did a Melbourne Cup preview, and I think he had him profiled a couple of horses, and we're on, I think we we're on an ad break, or we're on somewhere, and he um he goes to me, I'm not sure what I'm going to back in this. So I'm just going to just gonna pretend that I've um, I've loaded up on Smoking Romans. I love Smoking Romans. It's going to win. And within two minutes, he convinced himself Smoking Romans was a Melbourne Cup winner. I remember we went back on air. He's like, yeah, loaded up Smoking Romans. And I think it threw to me. And I was like, yeah, I know Dicko's been super keen on Smoking Romans for a long time now. And he can just start this, like, if you like a horse and he doesn't like a horse, he'll just go, all right, that's my lay of the day. And he's on the spot there. He just brings up an argument and figures it out. But he's, he's a classic figure. <laughs> we do a bit of that. AJ said, when is Gulf of Guinea going to win? And why do they fit roller skates on it for shoes? Oh... This there, this is Blake. She nearly killed it a couple of starts ago, um, but he was. He's. I think he's. I think he's one of those types that's an absolute rocket at track work. But he just this gets the race day and just wants to go back in his little, his little enclosure. So I don't know what to do with him. I, I'm in the position now where I got some really good footy mates, and he's probably know. I don't know if he's, he's probably played footy or team sport and that, but the footy chat banter is the most brutal thing like that was sort of the boys from the man and I got a couple of good blokes 
involved in that. And I think it's a daily occurrence of uh, reminding me of Gulf of Guinea in there, which is good fun. <laughs> we love that. Kay Quinlan says, who is faster, Dean or Jake Gould? <laughs> this is Curdy Quinlan. That's good. Jake Gould's clearly faster. Uh, he's a good mate. He's a good punter, actually, Jake Gould. He backed uh, Gentiar on Melbourne Cup Day. So, um, he's, no, he goes right, Gould. Yeah, well. Good footy player. Adrian, he's brought Keats back into the conversation somehow. Oh, when are you going to jump on the Keats bandwagon? Never, never. <laughs> the more Digo says it, and the more we're going to, me, Gareth, and Mickey Gunner, are going to build a bloodstock business from the ground up just so we can take on Dicko and outfit his horses <laughs> or just to take the Mickey out of him. But um, no, he's done a good job, Keats. And the, yeah, he's got a couple of good, funny statements, um, Dicko Williams buying horses. He, he's a good lad. Yeah, uh, we've just got two more from Max Mini. This is for us three regs. Every time Nico declares something, Will or Ben are against it. Thoughts? What do you got to say to that, Nick? He's usually wrong, to be fair. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it when you're against me. It's good. Right on. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to stand on my own, Will. But if you think I am, well. I like yeah. this. You have a good little team. Like, Will, you've got different opinions to everyone all the time, yeah. which I can see, but that's, that's what you need. It's, you can find a little diamond in the rough. I don't mind that. Yeah, we are all so different, um, and that's probably why we're all usually against each other. Yeah, it's good. Um, and the last one to round us out is Max Mini says, lay of the day. Lay of the day? Who's the lay of the day, punters? Mm. Amelia's jewel the place. Oh, oh Jesus. Get stuck, you reckon? Nowhere to go. Bottle Car up. crash. Uh, Mine was um, Mooney Valley tomorrow night. Pitching on. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think someone <laughs> has. Yeah, yeah I think you like it. I can't believe the promise. Its figures are absolutely horrible for this race. I don't know how it's that short. Yeah. The, the, like a couple of other... Like, like ten, $10 chances are pretty much better than it. So Yeah, I, um, my I looked as well. at the the market and then thought opened up my database and I thought it was just going to rate clear and it rated not over near clear so I it's yeah yeah I had it um five dollars I think so yeah it's 230 anyway um so I'd probably say that one or maybe uh which one of mine do you want to lay Wilbur <laughs> he's looking for the list <laughs> um <laughs> gonna lay him all please I don't know um maybe oh I don't know. Maybe, maybe corner pocket. There you go. You gonna lay the place? You gonna be brave? Well, uh, no. Sorry, I, get, I, I, I won't actually lay him. But Squid Game oh. at five fifty, like fourteen dollar chance. That's real bold of you, bot. Laying a five fifty <laughs> chance. So <laughs> brave. None of our listeners have enough have big enough pockets to actually lay things at five dollars. I don't think. But yeah. anyway, pitch away. I am going to lay Milford the place in the Packers' Ooh, Cup. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I don't mind that either. 59 kilos, goes 1,800 metres to 2,500 metres. I like that. I don't think he'll get the distance. Not even, not even B. Shin's going to be able to lift him over the line. He probably will, to be honest. I'd, yeah. be I'd be sick if he won. Right, that just about wraps us up. But, uh, Dino, do you want to just give um, the punters, how, how can they find your stuff and subscribe quickly? Yeah, so you can jump on socials, uh, mainly on Twitter, just under my name, Dean Watling. Um, all my businesses lame is the Barrier Tenant, so that's where I run my subscription um, service, which is mainly based around trials and jump outs and your top-end sprinting ranks. Um, 
do a lot to do with educational stuff on there too, Betfair nights, um, trial reports, um, staking, pricing, all that sort of stuff. And there's a group chat attached to that. So it's a bit of fun. It's really strict and disciplined. So if you're sort of after that, I often put my thoughts on that in there. So www.thebarryattendant.com or just jump on the socials, Dean Watling and the Barry Attendant on Twitter. Fellas. Good stuff. Awesome. awesome. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. Uh, you've been absolutely brilliant. And I think we've learned plenty. We learned plenty from Dicko last week and we've learned plenty from you this week as well. So thank you. No issue, fellas. Thanks for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I love what you are doing with this podcast. It's, um, it reminds me of my little first little podcast that me and Louie will have started. So, um, no, nah, you're outstanding work, boys, and keep keep growing, and you will get to the big day soon. Awesome. Cheers. Good luck this week, punters. Uh, enjoy the sunshine on your back. Get out, get out there. Don't just sit in the, the room all day and punt. Get out there, enjoy the sunshine, and hopefully you can find a few winners. Cheers. Cheers.